You are listening to Bullet Points with Margot Bennett, the Executive Director of Women Against Gun Violence. Bullet Points is our 15-minute monthly update on hot topics in the gun violence prevention movement. Hello and welcome to Bullet Points, a podcast brought to you by Women Against Gun Violence, where we update you on the hottest topics in the landscape of the gun violence prevention movement in 15 minutes or less. As I record this, Mother's Day is right around the corner, so happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. I'm your host, Alec Foster, and today I actually want to remain focused right there on the women. With recent leaked documents surfacing of the Supreme Court's plans to overturn Roe v. Wade, it feels as though women's rights and safety are constantly under attack. And while abortion laws are now justifiably so, coming back into the forefront of the conversation about women's rights and safety that need to be protected. Abortion laws are not the only threat to the safety of our women in this country. Domestic violence or intimate partner violence is a serious issue that is frustratingly prevalent in our country. It is estimated that around one in four women have been impacted by it in their lives a figure that is two and a half times as common as the one in 10 men who are impacted by it. And coupled with the issue of domestic violence comes the issue of gun violence, which cannot be separated from it. According to the nonprofit organization Everytown for Gun Safety, abusers who own firearms are five times more likely to kill their abuse victims. And every month, an average of 70 women are shot and killed by an intimate partner. In addition, nearly 1 million women alive today have reported being shot or shot at by intimate partners, and 4.5 million women have reported being threatened with a gun by an intimate partner. And in more than 50% of mass shootings in the past decade, Everytown says the perpetrator shot a current or former intimate partner or family member as a part of the rampage. Unfortunately, the trauma that comes with this domestic-inspired gun violence typically does not end with just the abuser and the victim. It has a lasting ripple effect, not only for the victim if they survive the attack on their life, but also for the families and communities of the victims. The potential children who have to either witness it or constantly live with it, the friends and coworkers who are impacted by it. A lot of times we don't stop to consider the full scope of how gun violence can impact the lives of so many who may not even have been involved. It's an undoubtedly traumatic experience. No one should have to live in fear that their life may be in danger because of a potentially dangerous and violent partner. But women especially, and children, are particularly vulnerable communities that need to be protected. In February of 2022, a proposal was introduced to reauthorize the 1990s era law that extends protections for victims of domestic and sexual violence after it lapsed in 2019 because of Republican opposition. The last time the law was reauthorized was in 2013. Republicans have since blocked the legislation from passing in the Senate over a provision that would prohibit persons 
previously convicted of misdemeanor stalking from possessing firearms, which generated opposition from the National Rifle Association. That provision was excluded as part of the deal. However, in March of 2022, as I mentioned last episode, President Biden signed into law the Violence Against Women Act of 2022, a welcomed and important step in the fight for safety of women in this country. The White House claims in their formal statement released upon the signing in March of 2022 that the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act strengthens this landmark 1990s-era law by enacting the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, Denial Notification Act, to help state law enforcement investigate and prosecute cases against individuals legally prohibited from purchasing firearms who try to do so. This hopefully will make it more challenging for abusers who seek to get their hands on firearms from being able to do so, because firearms in the home do nothing but exacerbate the potential threat of harm to the individuals residing in the home. In addition, domestic abusers should be required to relinquish the guns they already own, as they should be considered a threat to the safety of others. Interestingly, in a recent bulletin from The Trace, researchers studied 9.5 million women aged 18 and older living in California between 2004 and 2016, and found that women living with handgun owners were 50% more likely to die by suicide than women in unarmed households. So not only are women in abusive relationships more at risk of being victimized by gun violence, but women in general are also at risk of being a potential threat to themselves when a gun is present in the home as well. This is an important statistic for anyone who has considered getting a gun for their home, but has not truly contemplated the environment that they are potentially creating by bringing a lethal weapon into the home. With women's safety seemingly constantly being under attack, even in the comfort of their own homes, when it comes to domestic violence, it's truly a shame that government officials are seeking to find more ways to make life even harder for women in this country with the potential overturning of Roe v. Wade. Steps are being taken towards strengthening our protection of women from domestic gun violence, but a lot of work still needs to be done. According to the Educational Fund to Stop Gun Violence, a study in 2019 showed that 92% of women killed by guns in high-income countries came from the United States. 92%! And the remaining 8% came from women in all other high-income countries. I could go on and on about the astounding discrepancy in gun violence and gun deaths between the United States and other developed countries, but I'll save that discussion for another episode. Sticking with the topic of the intersection between domestic violence and gun violence, there are some viable things that we can that can be done to combat this issue. Reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act was a good step towards strengthening the laws that prohibit abusers from getting their hands on weapons. However, more laws targeted at preventing abuse can be put in place, including closing the boyfriend loophole. 
Federal law prohibits domestic abusers from having guns, but only if they have been married to, have lived with, or have a child with the victim. It does not otherwise prohibit abusive dating partners from having guns. This gap in the law is known as the boyfriend loophole and has become increasingly deadly. The share of homicides committed by dating partners has been increasing for three decades, and now women are as likely to be killed by dating partners as by spouses. 32 of the 50 states have taken steps to partially or fully close the loophole and have seen improvements, and additionally, more comprehensive background checks are needed to prevent dangerous individuals from getting their hands on guns. In conclusion, we must be vigilant in protecting all of our communities, but especially we must be vigilant in protecting our women. Addressing gun violence against women is an individual, community, national, and global effort. Women have been mistreated in this country since its inception. It's time for us to fight for our women so that they may live a life free from gun violence. Lastly, in other somber news, the number of mass shootings in the year 2022 in the United States has now ballooned to 173 mass shootings as of May 4th, 50 more since I last spoke with you, and there have been only 124 days in the year 2022 so far. 49 more mass shootings than days we've had this year. I would love for that figure to remain at 173 for the rest of 2022, but sadly that is not the reality we live in, which is why we must continue to fight for common sense gun reform in our communities and create the change we would like to see in this country. And we thank you so much for your continued support of Women Against Gun Violence's mission to do so. Lastly, be sure to follow us on TikTok at WAGVORG and be sure to save the date Sunday, May 15th, 2022 at noon to virtually attend our 29th annual Leadership Awards Brunch online this year. You can get more details and links for both TikTok and our Leadership Awards event on our website at www wagv.org. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to address, please be sure to email us at wagv at wagv.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next month. Thank you for listening to Bullet Points, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Visit our website at wagv.org sign up for our action alerts. We're looking forward to you joining us next month.